Hello, Sharks. You all know me. Today, I'm excited to announce my Black Friday sale. It is the biggest sale I'm going to have all year on PokerCoaching.com. So make sure you check it out right now, PokerCoaching.com slash Black Friday. Also, if you are a premium member, if you sign up today to become a premium member, you will get full access to my brand new, fully updated Cash Game Masterclass. It is incredibly long, incredibly in-depth. I think it's something like 80 hours long. It covers literally everything you could possibly need to know to succeed at Cash Games. So check it out right now at PokerCoaching.com slash Black Friday. Let's get to the video. Hello, Sharks. I am Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com, here today with another episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Today's hand is going to feature the longtime poker video blogger, Johnny Vibes. Make sure you check him out on YouTube.com slash Johnny Vibes. We'll have a link in the comment section below. Head over there, check out his work, click like, click subscribe. He has been playing cash games mostly in Vegas for the last 13 years. A true grinder, and he is kind enough to share it with you on his YouTube channel. Today, we're going to be looking at a hand that he played in Aruba at 2-5 No Limit. Whenever you travel to play poker, he probably went there for a poker tournament, I have to presume. Whenever you are playing in a you know touristy location like a casino in Aruba, you always want to make a point to look around and ask, who am I actually playing with? Perhaps you went down there to play a poker tournament, but there may be four or five players in your 2-5 No Limit game who are really clearly tourists who did not come there specifically to play poker. And if that's the case, you found yourself a great game. Probably way better than the games in Las Vegas. However, if you look around and it's all good pros, well, um, you know, maybe it's not so good. That said, let's take a look at this hand from 2-5 No Limit that he recently played. We are playing about 100 big blinds deep. Still less than 15 minutes deep in the game. There's a limper and then an isolation raise to $25. We make it $75 in the cutoff with uh, five, six of hearts. All right, all right, spicy, spicy. Playing 100 big blinds deep, I imagine this 6-5 of hearts is barely okay to call. It's probably close. If you think you're going to get re-raised, then you should just fold, clearly. But this is a hand that a lot of people make the error of just calling. They splash around. They try to flop the nuts. The problem is, is that we're not actually that deep stacked. And, you know, 5 big blind raise is substantial. Also, the players yet to act could re-raise, putting you in a bad spot. So if you are going to play the weaker suited connected hands in this scenario, I really do like re-raising because you're going to win the pot pre-flop some portion of the time, and when you don't, your opponents are never going to put you on the 6-5 of hearts, right? I know a lot of people are probably looking at this and saying, well, my opponents always call. Well, if that's the case, then don't re-raise, right? But if it goes 5, 25, 75, you're going to get some folds, which is quite powerful. And the nice thing about raising 6-5 of hearts is that when it comes big cards, you're going to be able to very easily represent big cards, right? When it comes low cards when you make good hands with a 6-5, they're not going to put you on it, and you're going to get paid off maximally. So this is a pretty pretty nice play by Johnny Vibes right off the bat. The limper calls and the raiser folds. Not exactly what I thought would happen. Let's talk about this. So he raised the 75. The limper, the initial limper called. Um, there's like no way that's a good play. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what could this player possibly call with? I mean, I don't even know. Like, you can't really set mine here because you have to put in... $70 to try to win potentially 500 from Johnny Vibes. And, you know, you're not going to stack two players in the hand. So you're not getting good odds to set mine with pairs. Obviously, suited connectors are out. Suited aces are out. Like, maybe you're slow playing aces? Kings? Something like that? Maybe hand, hands like ace-king probably just want to re-raise immediately. So it's kind of hard to put the opponent on a logical range, which kind of means that they're probably not all that great of poker players. I don't know who we're playing against. 
I apologize if you're here in the comment section. But look, whenever someone limps and someone raises and someone re-raises, you should be folding a ton. Because if you call, you have to worry about the initial raiser re-raising some portion of the time, right? And then you just have to fold everything unless you have aces. So either this is aces for the opponent or just some really, really nonsense range. Probably like suited connectors, suited aces, pairs, etc. Um, then the initial raiser folded for 50 more. It's actually not a bad play with a hand like ace-10 offsuit, king-jack offsuit something like that, because usually you're going to be dominated by one of the two players, quite often the re-raiser, which shows you the power of re-raising the 6-5 of hearts, because you get hands like ace-10 to fold, like, correctly, they should fold in this scenario. Not against, not against 6-5 of hearts, of course, but if they think you have a reasonable range of mostly good, strong big cards, they should fold. So, I would, I mean, I could be wrong about this, I don't know who we're against, but I would initially think this player who raised to 25 and then folded to the 75 re-raise after the caller was in there is probably, like, probably a good player. Maybe not. Who knows? We're, we're playing two five in a room. Who knows what's going on? We end up flopping bottom pair on a queen high board. And after it checks to us, we continue for 80 here. Our opponent calls and... Slow down, Johnny Vibe. Slow down. We bet $80. Okay. I'm going to rewind a little bit. So, queen nine six. Should we even bet? This is a tough thing because what range are we giving the opponent? Do we think the opponent has mostly just like aces? Or do you think they have just a lot of nonsense like... Jack-8 suited, right? Also, if we bet, are they going to raise us ever? Because it's quite bad when we get raised here. Um, because we there are a lot of draws that could conceivably raise. And if the opponent's $500 deep, once we bet 80 here, they could just rip it all in with any sort of decent draw, which would be a bit of a bummer for us. We just have to fold, of course. Um, so this is a spot where live reads are going to be very important. Obviously, I don't have any live reads because we're looking at his cards. But... If you can look and tell your opponent just has a lot of nonsense, you might as well put in a bet and just win the pot immediately because whatever your opponent has has some equity, right? I mean, give them, I don't know, ace, seven of diamonds. You know, they even, even in that scenario, they have six outs, right? So this is a spot where you don't mind picking up the pot, but when you bet and get called, it's not especially great. Here, our opponent calls, and like I said before, this game isn't overly deep, so we don't have a ton of options here as our opponent has around $400 left. So when the four comes on the turn, I like to check this one back after he checks it over to me. All right, turn to four of diamonds. Check, check. I think this is fine. Like Johnny said, if you bet on this turn and get raised, it's pretty bad. And if it checks down, you, you actually do win a decent amount of the time. Your opponent could randomly have a hand like an under pair, like fives. They could have all sorts of draws, like king jack, ace jack. They could have like eight, seven, right? I mean, obviously all these hands have some equity, but if you bet and get called again or raise, you have to fold if, if you get raised, right? And if you bet and get called, it's not particularly great. So I think, I think this is just a check back spot and try to see a cheap showdown. And then the Jack comes on the river. He lines up $200 worth of chips and slides them into the middle. Okay, okay, okay. What a bad river. What would you do in this spot? Your opponent bets 200 into the $345 pot. Ugh. What do you do here? You fold, call, or rip it in? Take a second to think about it. Pause the video and write what you would do in the comment section below. spot if i was making a pokercoaching.com quiz right now i don't i don't think either play is particularly good or bad because 
some draws clearly missed and for the opponent to bet the river here usually they're not going to bet with a jack right if they would bet with a jack a very clear marginal made hand in this scenario that can easily check and call a bet but if it bets and gets raised it's terrible if they would value bet really thin with a jack, this is just a fold. And I do think the opponent should have a lot of random jacks in their range. Ace jack, king jack, jack 10, jack 8, right? They definitely could have all of those, logically. Well, <laughs> given their preflop play, who knows what makes sense. But those are hands that some people will play. So if the opponent will value bet thin with a jack, I think this is just a fold. But if they're going to be very polarized here and bet with only a queen or better, and maybe not even a queen or better, maybe they only bet with like two pair and better, then I think calling starts to become pretty reasonable. What do we do here? It's tough because with no reads, I think this is probably just a fold because if the opponent's going to limp and then call a $75 raise preflop, they, <laughs> they're probably pretty splashy. And if they're pretty splashy, they probably overvalue stuff like a jack. That said, Johnny Vibes is clearly sitting in this game playing with reads. And sometimes you can just look and tell they don't have it. Sometimes you think your opponent is not going to be value betting with a jack, right? Um, obviously, if they're value bet with like a nine, it's definitely a fold. If they will value bet with pocket sevens, it's definitely a fold. You may say, could we go all in then? And the answer is just no, because your opponent bet 200 out of his 400 stack. He's probably not folding to a shove all that often. I think it's generally a fold, because I, I don't expect people to check hands like a jack on the river too often. But if they will check a jack, then I think a call starts to become reasonable, because there are a lot of busted uh, front door flush draws and, and back door flush draws and straight draws. So you can go either way. How's that for hand analysis? Do whatever you want. Sometimes when you're playing live poker, that's that's actually how it goes. Make a read and go for it. Let's see what Johnny Vibes does. This is actually a tough decision because seven, eight bricks off, the flop flush draws brick off. Jack 10 does get there, but I don't think that Jack 10 is gonna bet for a $200 sizing on the river. I completely agree with that. And that's why if anything, I would consider the call, right? If he bet something like 75 on the river, I mean, then you're getting better odds, but then your opponent's probably value betting way more hands. And a lot of people don't use a small bet size as a bluff. Um, when they do go this bigger size, I mean, to be fair, it's only two-thirds pot or whatever it is. But whenever they go a bigger size, they're usually going to be more polarized and not have so many middle pairs. So with that said, I definitely think that there's going to be some hands that are missed draws that we can call here and beat. So I go ahead and toss in the call, not knowing what I'm going to see. He hesitates for a long time and shows the seven of spades before mucking it. Nice. <laughs> it's always good when they show the seven of spades and then muck. It's always really bad when they show the seven of spades and the seven of diamonds. And you're like, oh my gosh. Sometimes that's going to happen. And it's going to feel really bad. And that makes your call really bad. That said, this time it works out great. What must he have had? Seven of spades. Eight seven of spades, maybe? Horrible play preflop. Limp, raise, re-raise. You just got to fold the 7 8 of spades. You're getting nowhere near the correct implied odds. Um, ace, 7 of spades. No, no, same story. Pocket 7s he didn't have. So not a great play by the opponent. That's going to be it for today. Hope you enjoyed this hand. Again, if you did, check out Johnny Vibes, youtube.com slash Johnny Vibes. Click the like and subscribe buttons below. Also, there's a little notification bell. And if you want a big discount on my training site, pokercoaching.com, where we go very in-depth analyze all sorts of scenarios like this from the GTO point of view, from the exploitative point of view. Make sure you check it out at pokercoaching.com slash labor. Have a great day. Thanks for being here, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you for taking the time to watch this video. I appreciate it. As a thank you, I'm giving a gigantic discount 
on PokerCoaching.com right now at PokerCoaching.com slash Black Friday. It is the biggest sale I'm going to have all year or all year next year. So make sure you take advantage of it right now. If you're a cash game player, we have my fully updated cash game masterclass waiting for you inside the premium section. And if you're a tournament player, we also have the tournament masterclass. We have everything you need at PokerCoaching.com to take your skills to the next level and let you crush your opponents. So check it out right now at PokerCoaching.com slash Black Friday. Did you know that subscribing to this YouTube channel will increase your poker win rate by 36%? Go ahead, do it. Actually, that was a bluff. You actually have to watch all the content and apply yourself and work hard and put in volume. Sorry about that.